Hello. <clears throat> and welcome to another edition of the Night Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen, and today we are going to be talking about May Cross Plus. Now, I actually had this episode in mind for a bit. Um, one, because I'm not, like, the biggest anime fan. I kind of dabbled in it when I was in high school because KQED, or actually middle school through high school, KQED used to have anime on Sunday, and it would go from, like, like 10, 11 o'clock to about 2, 3 in the morning. And I remember just getting those long VCR tapes, you know, where you could, the, like, three-hour ones, and I would record. And the good ones I would keep, and the bad ones I would just, you know, record over them. And I saw some really cool anime on there. Like, uh, I really got into the Robotech series, um, which is what this is kind of based on. So, uh, Macross came out in the 80s, and then Robotech was a subsidiary of it. It's, it's got the same kind of, like, lore and everything else, just different stories. Anyway, looking back on it, the animation isn't so good on that series. But, that being said, the animation in this movie is fucking phenomenal. We'll get into that in a second. Um, first, some plugs. I haven't shouted them out in a while, so I'm going to go ahead and say if you're a fan of music, Mortal Kombat, or Typo Negative, you got to be listening to Pod is Killing Me. Um, they're relatively new, so you can catch up very easily. All of their episodes are about an hour, and they focus on uh, like a Typo Negative album. Usually, it takes two episodes for them to finish it, which is totally cool. And they're like an hour segments. They even did a special on the uh, Mortal Kombat soundtrack, which I find hilarious. Um, so yeah, go check them out. I'm trying to get one of them on the show actually to do Mortal Kombat, the movie, seeing how they love that so much. But, you know, right now to no avail, but I'll keep bugging them about that. Just, you know, in a nice way. You, got, you can't bug, you can't be like trying to get a girl's number and she says no and then you ask the next day. You know, you got to wait a little bit, you know, so anyway coming for you, man. Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, figure. I'm going to let that sit for a minute. Speaking of figure, you should be listening also to Hoodcast AF if you're into collectibles, especially action figures, because that's what they do. Just got to shout out Jonathan Fallen once in a while, you know. But uh, if you're a Patreon member for only $1, you get access to his and I's original podcast, <clears throat> Not the original episodes, obviously, but what we've been doing recently. Slime Wreck Radio, your community talk radio. And last but not least, I would like to shout out my sponsor. And that would be Caps and Cork. Caps and Cork, Vallejo, California, 21 Rancho Square. Now, if you're sick of Bud Light for obvious reasons that I'm not going to go into, go to Caps and Cork, because... I was just there yesterday, and they had seven beers I've never even seen before. They they have a circulating selection of quality craft brews, local and uh, etc. They also have great wine and spirits. So yeah, Caps and Cork, 21 Rancho, California. If you're sick of wine, you live in Napa, go there. If you live in Vallejo and you're sick of fentanyl, go there. Because they'll hook you up. Just tell them that the Knife Party sent you. They have a great deal for uh, buy nine, get the last beer for a penny so but it's kind of dangerous because they live right next to me so it's walking distance so yeah 
I tend to spend a lot of money there. Um, yeah, anyway. So that's them. Let's get into Macros Plus, shall we? By the way, I hope you're a fan of Sharon Apple. If you've seen this movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, too bad. You're going to listen to a lot of it. The music in this movie is fantastic. The, the stories in this movie is fantastic. The art is fantastic. Um, this is my favorite anime by far. To this day, I don't really watch them that often. And what I mean by that often, it's like maybe every three to six months. Just not really into it as much, you know. It's They're so bright and colorful and... I'm really into darker stuff. For the most part, you know. Um, but if you take 15 milligrams of of uh, THC, this movie is... You want those bright colors, because they really shine through. And that's how I watched it last night. I actually watched it with my wife. It's a really good movie. Um, so, some fun facts. Uh, this, takes play in, uh, this takes place in the year 2040. Um... It's. I know that sounds just around the corner, 17 years ago, but you gotta you gotta know this when coming into the series that a giant mech like the size of a, a whole city crashes down, and it's tall too. So like, think about if New York was just one giant robot, and we reverse engineer everything in it, and so we are technologically advanced here. Uh, the planet is called New Eden. Oh no, no, sorry, it crashed on Earth, but this movie takes place on New Eden. More on that later. Um, it is a sequel to the anime in the 80s, which was Macross Plus, which later became Robotech, which later became The Sentinels. And, um, in fact, The Sentinels was actually the first ever movie with a transgender character. So, there you go. If you want to flag that flag, go watch it, I guess. I don't know. person has purple hair, and I think they sing The Maniac at the end, which is beyond hilarious. The Japanese, when they take our culture, man, they do weird things with it. <laughs> so this was released in 1994, um, but it didn't actually hit theaters. Get this, till December 14th of 2021. That's right. This movie sat on shelves for 20, what, seven years? That's crazy. But it was on home video in two ways. So this was intended to be a movie originally, but they broke it into four part episodes and sent it over here. Um, for American consumption. Like, it was supposed to be a miniseries, and each one of those four episodes is a good 40 to 45 minutes long. Um, I think the first one and the last one are the longest episodes, and the two middle are um, a little... Because they're more kind of drama. I think they're like 38 to 42. Uh, I used to own it. I kind of wish I did. So I had to actually track down a version of this movie. And doing so, I had to go on eBay because you cannot find this movie anywhere. It does not stream. You just not on Amazon. You have to get a used copy on eBay. Now, the first one I bought was the four-part series. And the mofo I bought it from uh, shipped it to my billing address, which went to my old house in Vallejo. And then I contacted him. Hey, man, can you please send it back? Da, 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 I'll pay for shipping. And that asshole never sent it to me. I gave him a one-star review. And then he's like take it down and sent me a message like, dude, I sent you two messages. Send me the fucking movie. So if you're listening to this and I, and you see Zachary Evergreen buy something for your store, um, send it to the right address. I'm not going to mention his name, but he knows who he is. Damn it. 
Anyway, this had a very, very high budget, as you can see, not only in the music quality, but also the artistic quality. Some animes will have like, the beginning and the end will look fabulous, and then the middle will either have A, recycled footage. Like for instance, if you ever watched the Sailor Moon episode, only about eight to 12 minutes of that is actually real footage. Everything else is like them transforming, which is recycled footage, plus the intro, plus the outro. So it's a very, very cheap way to get kids hooked because they kind of know like what they it's it's like vanilla ice cream they know exactly what it tastes like going into it so it brings familiarity um this movie does not do that at all every scene is different now they do a couple of flashback scenes but they reveal little 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 bits of it so um the about recycled material and uh, um the normal four episode version probably only about five minutes Whereas in um, the one I saw, which is the theatrical version, this one was supposed to actually hit theaters. I don't know if it hit theaters in Japan because I can't find shit about this movie. I spent an hour and a half today looking all over the place. I mean, the obvious sources like Wikipedia um, and then, uh, uh, you know, fandom and, and Rotten Tomatoes. There's almost nothing on Rotten Tomatoes. In fact, this only got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 50 because only two motherfuckers Two. Sorry, I hit my mic because I'm, I'm I'm fired up now, man. Only two motherfuckers reviewed this. One was positive, one was negative. There was no comments. It just was thumbs up, thumbs down. Nothing. Not like, I didn't enjoy this movie because of this, or I really like this movie because of that. So one gave it two stars out of five. The other gave it three stars out of five. So it sits out of 50. I'm giving this an 88%. And here's why. Because... It's an anime, so it's graded on a scale, right? Um, the action is so good. The music's so good. The art's so good. It could have been edited even more, I think. The editing in this is... I'm not going to say... Let's see. I don't know how to put it. There's... Like, for instance, there's a whole scene. I'll get it. I, I tell you what. When I actually get into the movie, I'll tell you which scene I, th I thought should have been edited out because it really doesn't have a lot going on for it right um anyway uh to to kind of like summarize this movie it is top gun meets final fantasy is the only way i could kind of describe it because okay it is the whole movie is is uh like top gun maverick ripped this movie off big time but it's kind of like top gun in a way where they're at a flight school the two main characters and uh they're testing a new plane versus like the current plane and they have the two best fighters their top gun if you will and uh yeah so it's got that that iceman versus maverick rivalry going for it and there's a lot of combat simulations in this and it is basically top gun now even furthermore it Top Gun Maverick stole a lot of things from this because they're testing out this new fighter and they even have a scene that's like like Maverick ripped off the scene exactly like like it, it seemed it, I mean even the dialogue is practically the same right like really it is um so Shiasai Shioshi Shioishi S-H-E-O-I-S-H they released a PlayStation game but it only dropped in Japan so I have no idea what it's like 
Um, I would like to see gameplay of it, but good luck finding that. Again, I was on YouTube for at least 45 minutes after I got all my stuff on like Wikipedia and fandom and everything. I couldn't find shit. Nothing. A couple of reviews by a couple of nerds with a lot of Pokemon stuff in the background. That's about it. So... If, you, if you're so inclined to dig and find something, cool, send it to me and I will addendum this. Remember, you can contact me at knifepartypod at yahoo.com because I keep it old school. Sip a beer for the working man. Let's see, what else do we got on notes? Yeah, I still use notebooks, I know. I'm about to be done with my second notebook since I've been doing this podcast, which is pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. So, Shoji Kawamura was a director and writer in this, and Ichiro Aitano was the producer. They actually came to the U.S. to fly in fighter pilots. Uh, fly with pi fighter pilots, I apologize. So, they were in, like, the real... And we're not talking, like, F-14s. We're talking, like, F-18s. I think they flew in a YF, which is pretty badass if they did. That's actually the planes that they use in here. Of course, they're more modernized and... and animate and gun to me because they transform and shit but uh they wanted to see what the g's felt like and and like just like how they maneuver in the sky and everything else to kind of direct the animation um and uh that must have been fun and scary i hate heights i do like high speeds though but once you get up in the air like at a certain point i kind of lose my fear because like oh we're so high up we're fine but I know when people go on those assisted rides where a fighter takes them up, they always show off and do like barrel rolls and go to like Mach 4 and all that shit. So uh, a little scary, but uh, that's kind of cool that they actually flew out here and did all this. Again, this had a high budget. Um, but then those two actually left after this project to go work on, wait for it, Cowboy Bebop. That is actually my favorite series, uh, animated series anyway like even over Batman I know sacrilege but it's true um so yeah that quality really shows uh even you know Bebop still has great music not as good as this it has great animation not really as good well that's arguable you gotta remember all the 3D imaging and everything else got a lot better and from you know when Bebop was made which I think was 98 from 90 94 I mean that's when you know a lot of new programming stuff came out. I mean, shit, Windows 98 came out then. So, and I know, that's my favorite operating system. Come at me, bro. Uh, let's see. So this movie actually has a A, B, and C plot to it. And that's one of the reasons why I really like it. Most animes don't. Usually they just have one plot. But this has a plot of the rivalry and the love triangle. And uh, the mystery behind it. It has the plot of the um you know the the testing of the fighter planes and then it has a third plot which is the most important um and that is the sharon apple plot uh oh yeah i said this was um top gun meets final fantasy i'm gonna throw in something else too meets terminator because this has a lot of skynet-esque elements and we'll get into that second. So we're going to start. Uh, but before we start, um, I just want to let you guys know, humble brag, and I know this isn't like Rogan numbers or anything, but we've been getting 100 downloads a day recently. So thank you so much. you got to remember, when I started, it was two or three. And uh, I didn't think, I thought we'd get, you know, pretty cool, like, you know, maybe 15 or 20 a day, and that shit adds up. But, dude, 
106 as of yesterday. So thank you all so very much. I want to shout out Canada. Finally, you guys are listening to me. That's awesome. England, you've been on board. And uh, you guys are my two biggest listeners outside the U.S. So again, thank you so much. All right, time to get into it. Let me just turn over here. So we begin with this windmill scene, right? And um, you see our main characters, which is uh, Mayung, um, Isamu, and Guild. Guild's is Zentradi. So what the Zentradi are is they're about seven feet tall. They have kind of greener skin and they have like purplish, bluish hair. And they were an alien race and they're very, very sophisticated, but they are very, very aggressive. So one of the reasons why they flew over here is to fight. Um, they then, after they lost the war, they they kind of settled in. I'm just giving you some backstory because they don't explain all that. They just say Zentradi a couple times. You're like, what the fuck? He does look different. Well, anyway, he's an alien. So there you go. Um, so it shows all of them and they're at this windmill and you see Asamu is riding like this bike and it's got uh, like wings and stuff on it. Kind of like something the Wright brothers would do uh, pre you know, their finished product. And, um, you know, it, it just shows them kind of like teenagers and having fun and, and, and the relationship that they once had. Uh, let's see. And then we see the Sharon Apple limo scene. So this limo pulls up and the music is very, very, um, what can I say? It's very, uh, dystopian. It's very off. Right. And Sharon Apple gets out of the limo. Now, let me explain what it is. It is an artificial intelligence. So what it looks like is kind of like it looks like a PlayStation or or an Xbox or something. It's it's a black computer tower thing. And it has like one red dot, like an eyeball. And it's squared off, kind of like rectangle-ish. And it gets up out of it. And it's got this like cloak. And, and you see it like float. And it floats like up this red carpet. Um, you don't know where this is, but it's actually a like a concert hall. And Miyoon is there. She's our main female protagonist. And she, you know, guides it up as well as this producer who's really creepy. You know he's going to cause trouble at the end. You just know because he's creepy. He's got glasses and a coat and, you know, is all creepy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so anyway, where the hell was I? Yeah, so we see the Centrati, uh, this is the next scene, and Guild, he's being hooked up to this to this airplane. Here's what I mean by hooked up. Uh, they put like a helmet on him, and it's got like this kind of like green looking, almost like water or a fluid, but you can't really tell. And there's all these things like electrodes coming out of the helmet that are hooked up to the computer of this plane. And you see him, uh, and he's getting ready to take off, and he closes his eyes and puts his hands together like he's meditating. And then he pictures, like, his hand moving, and then you see the wing move, and you see his him picturing his feet moving, and then you see, like, the, the back thrusters move. So what this is is he his brain is hooked up to the plane like an extension of his body, so he's kind of like a cyborg. And then he when he unhooks, he's normal again, right? Um, it's actually a really cool concept. It's kind of like drones before drones, except for they're inside. Anyway, it's very interesting. Um, so they show him do some some like test runs, and they say it's uh, 2.5% over a normal pilot, like not being hooked up. 
which could be the difference between life and death, right? Um, now, this is the YF, I think it's 21. Yes, it's the YF-21. So when I when I talk about the planes, the YF-21 is the AI-1, and the YF-19 is the non-AI-1. So now the YF-19 pilot, who's played by Asamu, uh, he is, like, he's a a madcap, no, I won't say madcap, he's a devil-may-care pilot, and he likes to take it to the edge, man, you know, he likes doing all the the crazy stuff that, that say, Maverick would do, you know, if you will. And, um, of course, Guild is more by the book and very serious and stoic. So the YF-19 pilot shows off the same way, but he, he, like, I mean, he's going, he's trying to break the record, he's doing this and that. Now, we don't say his performance, but what he does do, which is really cool, is instead of landing the plane, so he goes way faster and way higher than he's supposed to, just like in Maverick, and they're like, stop it, you know, knock it off, don't do that, like, you know, that plane is really expensive, and he's like, fuck, the, fuck you guys, I'm, I'm gonna show you what I'm made of, you know. And then when he comes back and, and they're like, land already, stop fucking around, you know, he actually uses his exhaust to draw a dragon in, in the sky, it's pretty cool, like skywriting. It's pretty neat. Um, uh, it's kind of cool because you just see him flying around. And you don't know what's happening, and then the big reveal comes like where, as it as it pans out. Um, so now the YF-19 pilot, uh, he. Uh, he, he lands and the captain's assistant or sorry not the captain the colonel I apologize uh, she's like uh, you're in fucking trouble and the colonel wants to see you now and he goes let's go on a date just like you know because you know she goes you have a date with the colonel and he goes well uh, you go on a date with me and it, for whatever reason it works and then he gets chewed out as guild watches you know he's like what the hell were you doing you know all that stuff you know you know in every goddamn movie the superior has to yell whether it's Cobretti or last action hero or fucking whatever i don't know why i brought up last action hero as a uh, example but i love that movie so jog on so um anyway after that uh so sharon apple is in town for this concert right uh, Guild is watching the news broadcast, and Mei Young is actually there, like on the news broadcast. So he's like, "Huh, I haven't seen her in a while," you know. And then we see uh, Mei Young, like she's she goes to the windmill spot and has a flashback because I guess they're in their hometown or at least near it. Uh, they're on uh, the planet Eden, which is very much like Earth. It's just far, far, far away. Uh, but with space travel in this movie, it's not far whatsoever, right? take you i don't know like six hours to travel from earth to eden maybe less i mean we see like one of the planes do it and it's only a couple of scenes so i and maybe only two hours i don't know they don't really establish time in this there's even some time in in con continuities in this like at the end especially but i think they did that just for artistic license anyway i i, I digress so Guild is there, and, and he's like, you know, Mayun, what are you doing here? You know, and they kind of catch up. Now, at the same time, uh, you see, you know, Guild is definitely being a creep, by the way. You know, he's, he's like, grabbing her and kind of, like, giving her a hug and, and says, like, you know, I remember the time, blah, blah, blah. You know, anyway, he's, he's very creepy because you could tell he followed her there. At least I think so. I don't know. It couldn't have been a coincidence. But what is a coincidence is Asamu brings his date over to the windmill, who is the captain's assistant. I don't think they actually give her a name. And I actually watched the translation um, or the non-translated version because I watched the movie, which is only in Japan. So it was really hard because I was writing down stuff and looking up and looking up. My wife was watching it, too, and I didn't want to be that dick that, like, stopped the movie every so often. So I just wrote, like, 
crazy, crazy, crazy fast, as much as I could do anyway. And um, I didn't see her name mentioned once, so there you are. Maybe it was. I'm not sure. Maybe I wrote it down and just totally forgot about it. I don't think so, though. So now uh, we see... Um, yeah, we see uh, Asamu and, and Guild, and they're all together, and it's awkward because he brought his date. Now, remember, there is a love triangle here. That's kind of like what they're alluding at. Not so much. They just don't go flat out and say it. Um, and uh, anyway, there's... Guild and Asamu obviously don't like each other. Uh, you know, they're they're not only rivals in the sky, but they're also rivals from the past. You know, kind of like, I guess, I hate using the word frenemy, but there you go. That's what they are. That sums them up. So, now we see the Sharon App Apple concert. This alone, this one scene is worth watching this movie. It is fan-fucking-tastic. Let me explain. So, all these people go to this concert right and like when you check in instead of getting like a stub like a ticket stub or whatnot or like a qr code they give you this bracelet and you go and you sit down and then all of this is done like via hologram but sharon will she she's huge you know she's like because she takes up the whole stadium and uh there's you know there's each song has a different like interactive music video with it and these bracelets tell you like your pheromone levels, your um, dopamine levels, all this stuff. And then so they're monitoring in the back, like the people that are controlling it. I want to say sound man, but there's like a light man, a, <clears throat> a sound man engineer. All these people are back there, right? But most importantly, uh, Mayun is inside this. So they have her on this table and they have like this red dot on her head that's transferring information. So she's actually singing and performing but it's through her mind so she's using her brain make like this music which is really fucking cool and um she you know is is making all these these different music videos in her head to go along with the music now there's three sharon apples here so there's sharon apple red and that is kind of the main Sharon Apple we see. Then there's the short-haired Sharon Apple, who is like her innocence, her flirtiness, right? And then there's Sharon Apple Black, who is kind of like stoic and I, I don't know. But each one, there's a different persona from each. It's kind of like these are Meng Yoon's like inner char characteristics. Each one of them is different. And um, it's really cool. Anyway, um, she's... She also has access to all like the cameras and she notices that Asamu is with her girlfriend at the concert and it throws her off a little bit, right? And uh, also, well, the reason why they know this is because there's a hacker friend. Now, the hacker friend is actually the technician that is working on the YF-19 and he decides to come along to the concert. Well, he actually hacks into Sharon Apple, well, tries to, into her programming and making her turn, but it's all evil looking because it's forced over to him and he's like look at me Sharon look at me and then that's when all the cameras go and then they they spot him with Asamu and then he turns off his thing and then everything goes back to normal and that's where Mayu notices it and the the uh, producer the creepy producer comes over and he's like you alright? Fucking up man knock it off so after the concert's over you're kind of sad because you want to rewind it and watch it again it's that fucking good and uh, uh, just think about it like an eight minute long music video of just like killer music and, and, and really cool effects, right? In fact, this is one of the songs they play. 
and it's it's very ravey and stuff and and just really i can't talk about the concert enough go fucking see this movie man and you're not going to see it on youtube it got taken down it used to be on there i don't know why they took it down but they did so now we see a dark room and uh the producer has this this thing and he calls it the poker chip and we don't know what it does but i'm going to do spell it out for you this will make sharon apple sentient so they don't have to rely on Mei Yoon. Now, after what happened at the concert with her being distracted, they're like, all right, he, he's, he's like, no, we need to go full automated, fuck Mei Yoon, her part's over with, right? Um, so we just see this little thing, and this is obviously a, what they call Chekhov's rifle, you know, meaning there's a rifle above a mantle. If you show it in act one, it will be used in act three. Well, <laughs> this is Chekhov's rifle. So there you go. Um, so anyway, uh, Mayon, she, she gets, she catches up with a high school girlfriend, um, as they, you know, cause she's in town, she gets contacted by her and, uh, you know, the high school girlfriend goes, oh yeah, I'm married and here's my kids and this and that. And then they go and, uh, they go to a karaoke bar to go sing and Mayoung refuses to sing. She goes, those years are behind me. Now I'm just producing Sharon Apple, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, I, I, I will never sing again. Uh, again, another little like plot line is setting up, right? We're gonna have a callback to that as well. Two checkoff guns this far in a five minute span. Okay, so uh, then Asamu, uh, you know, catches the hacker dude, and he's actually trying to steal the programming for our, uh, Sharon Apple. So you see her like body parts, her hologramic body parts, like floating around, and he's like, "All right, dude, like peace out. This is weird." Um, <laughs> then uh, Mei Yoon's friend, she calls uh, Asamu and's like, "Hey, you know, come visit. We're at the karaoke bar," and uh, he's he's like, "No, I'm not going." And and then she's like, "Oh, well, Gould might come." And he goes, "Then I'm definitely not going." And he hangs up the phone and he's all pissed, right? Um, so then Asamu and his blonde girlfriend, who's the assistant to the colonel, I'm just keep mentioning that so you know because I I either didn't catch her name or they didn't give it. Um, they're talking by the dock, you know, and he's just kind of like, she, she doesn't understand, you know, his obsession with, is it like with Mei Yoon? Was it with her? And he goes, no, it's not. It's actually like flight. Everything else is secondary. I just, if I'm not in the air, I'm itching. My toe is tapping. That's, that's just, I was born to do that. Right. And then, um, you, it cuts to, and this wasn't in the series version, but it was in the movie, um, post coitus. So you see, the blonde girlfriend's nipples as they lay in bed and he gets a phone call. He being a Samu pronouns pal. And uh, he answers the phone and goes, there will be a fire in 30 minutes at this building. And he's like, what? All right, whatever. And he hangs it up. He thinks it's false. Then Guild gets the uh, uh, same phone call, but he's like, what the fuck a fire? But instead he actually grabs his jacket and his keys and he goes to investigate this address, right? Next page. Okay. So, um, let's see. The IA, because now that's inserted of Sharon Apple, is now, like, self-aware, right? So, it starts a fire purposefully at Mae Young's apartment. And I think the reason why, because it's not really explained, is to see which one of the two would actually come and answer her distress, right? Um, so, then Guild saves her, and uh, so he breaks open... 
saves her from the fire, and then he's running, and there's a really cool scene where he's like running through this hallway where all these metal doors are shutting one by one, and then a final one catches him on the on the back, and his back's all fucked up and stuff, and and then finally the sprinklers turn on, and, and oh my god, they're saved. Once uh, Sharon realizes that he's willing to sacrifice for, he she basically cuts off everything and 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 gets out of the system, so the fire equipment will work properly, right? <clears throat> So then Mei Yung is providing first aid at their apartment or his apartment, his apartment. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're talking and everything else. And, you know, he says, like, I'll always protect you and 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 all this other shit, you know. And then, you know, she I don't know. She feels bad and I guess guilty that she never got with him. She was always into Asamu. So then she has sex with him. Um, at least it's alluded. Right. Um, and then the next day, uh, uh, Guild and, and Asamu meet up, and without really saying so, he's like, dude, I fucked your girlfriend, you know, kind of like, he's all like, you know, uh, uh, cocky and smiling and drinking his coffee, and like, I, he's got that I got laid swagger going on for him, you know? So, um, now we see, finally, the YF-19 and YF-21 go into, like, into battle, right, you know, and... And I'm not talking, I don't know if these are blanks or whatever, but they're shooting missiles at each other and all this other shit, you know, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going at it and it looks like Guild's got the upper hand, but then he has a flashback and like he loses control. Like he just totally stalls out. Like he pulls a Robocop, you know, where he's just like, uh, and then his plane starts to fall and then Asamu follows him down, like all cocky, like, yeah, it's a really expensive piece of shit you got there. Like... You know, something must have went wrong. I don't know. And they're like, save him now. That's an order when they're at 100 meters in the air. So Asamu's plane turns into a robot. Did I mention they could do that? Yes. These planes can actually are, go bipedal. They don't have landing gear. And then finally, the front of the plane where the pilot would be with the nose will fold down as a chest piece. And then a head will pop up and uh, all the guns and missile systems are available. It is pretty cool. What would an anime be without giant robots, right? Gotta have them, almost. Anyway, um, so he actually catches uh, Gould, and then, you know, uh, Gould, like, or sorry, Gold, Guild, Gould, I don't know, G-Man. So G-Man then, you know, he's he's uh, uh, snaps out of it, and then, but he just thinks for a second, like, huh, you know, if I was to just thrust down a little bit, uh, it would send, you know, like it's a calculation. So we actually see a lot of it, like when he's dodging missiles, you see it calculated in his head and then he does it. It's really cool. And it's got 3D effects that actually hold up to this day. They actually do. I, I was actually impressed. I was like, hey, you know, these are like pretty good late generation PS3, early generation PS4 graphics, maybe even farther than that, but they look great. And um, he does do the downward thrust just by thinking about it on accident and Asamu just crashes his plane, right? It gets all fucked up. And then, uh, and this is kind of another moment from Maverick where he's like walking and he's, you know, he's like, uh. and anyway, we see him next and he's in like this rejuvenation tub. It's got all this black inky liquid and uh, he's hooked up to all these, um, like all these tubes and stuff and it's supposed to heal him faster. And then uh, Mayun comes and visits him in this hospital, and then Asami's like, "Fuck this, I'm getting out of here." So he and and Mayun they they steal a motorcycle and uh, like one of the hospital ones, and he just decides to drive out to like this forest, 
and um, you know he's he's like eating some fruit, and then she's like, "Is it good?" And he throws it to her, and he goes, "Try." It. And then she takes a bite, and she goes, "Ew, this is sour and unripe." And he goes, "She goes, why'd you do that?" And he goes, "Well, you had to try, you know." I don't know. It's, he's pretty cool. I like I like Asamo. He's a good guy. Um, I mean, he's kind of the main character. Well, no, he's not. You think he's the main character? Anyway, um, you know. Uh, uh, see what else do I got da, da, da. anyway Mayun says she failed you know she's she's you know she didn't do she she didn't make it as a singer you know um, and the the best thing she could do in music was Sharon Apple and she's actually in control now no one knows this that Mayun actually everyone thinks she is self-aware even though she's not well she is now but she wasn't in the past but they were trying to make it like kind of like a, a the only thing that comes to mind here and I'm pretty sure she may have stole this gimmick is Poppy where the original, you know, Poppy White Hair, and if you don't know her, she's pretty cool. She was on wrestling. She sucks now, but she had like a good period. She had one really good album, and then another kind of good album. Um, but her gimmick originally was that she was uh, was like a female robot, and that was her gimmick. And she would troll people and stuff, and it was really cool. And then she became like a metalhead, like wrestling fan, and now she's just weird and is like. Marilyn Manson, Lady Gaga, and it's kind of not cool. It's like new metal. Anyway, that gimmick that she had is very Sharon Apple-esque, right? Um, so the creepy producer is like, we're going to have a concert uh, on Earth, right? You know, like that's going to be Sharon Apple's debut as a self-sentient, uh, sufficient uh, recording artist, if you will, right? So uh, then let's see. Yeah, so then Mei Yoon uh, makes her way to Earth, and of course she's listening to a song that she wrote uh, in her little MP3 uh, part, and it's the, the only song on the soundtrack that you actually don't see Sharon sing, because it is Mei Yoon, and I guess it was like her single or whatever. The song is called Voices. Um, in the beginning of the movie, when it says Dedicated to the Pioneers, the opening song, and actually the last song on the movie is, is this, uh, this, little, this little number. God, this mic's sensitive. If I fart wrong, it'll pick it up. Anyway, where the hell was I? Oh, yeah. So um, then after that, the colonel cancels the project. Uh, after he gets the report of Guild, you know, that actually it was they, his brain waves went like dark you know, and, and he must have been the cause of it. He calls in Guild, and Guild goes, no, it was a malfunction. He goes, well, we both know what happened, but uh, okay, whatever. And then he shreds the documents, and he goes, we'll never speak of this again. But at the same time, he goes, it doesn't matter anyway because the project's over. And they're like, what the fuck? And, and you know, and, uh, and Osama's there too. And he goes, yeah, they're going with a total IA fighter. Hmm, convenient movie. Anyway, I, th I think you know what's coming up on that one. So, uh, then we see Asamu and he's talking to, you know, his, uh, uh, girlfriend and, and she says, Mayun is left for earth. And, you know, he's like just standing there looking at the sky and, and then he just falls back on his back and he goes, I've officially lost everything. Yeah, I know. It pisses me off though. Cause you don't say that to her. I mean, you've been fucking this girl. You've been taking her on dates. It's, it's. You know, you could still love her. Just don't fucking let it be known. You know, I don't know. He's young, though, so I don't know. It, you know, when you're young, you're kind of selfish and sometimes don't really consider other people's feelings, especially sensitivity. 
So I'm going to give him a pass, but only a little bit of a pass. Anyway, um, so let's see. Oh, yeah. So Samu and the hacker just decide to hijack the YF-19 because they want to kill the ghost AI plane. Um, yeah. Uh, now, watching this movie, I'm like, wait a minute. Wouldn't they get in huge trouble for this? You know, wouldn't they... Uh, you know, wouldn't they never be able to fly again if, if he does this? Wouldn't um, this be a bad look? So, yeah, they take off and they're headed to Earth. It Probably Asamu actually wants to go see Mayun too. But uh, stealing military aircraft, usually that's, that's no. Yeah, you, you probably, especially something like that, you know, something that has weapons and sh such on it. That's, yeah. I don't know what the sentence of that is, but I do know that one time someone commandeered a tank. Um, I think it was here, and they basically just shot him, like, in the tank. Like, he went full Grand Theft Auto, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know what the repercussions of stealing an airplane, but let's just say they're probably pretty great, right? And then when the colonel, uh, you know, finds out about this, which is relatively quickly, seeing how they can hear the plane take off, and then you see Guild, uh, like, you know, open up his eyes because he's sleeping, he goes, he wouldn't. But yes, he did. So the colonel goes, go get him. I want you to intercept him and shoot him down. And it's like, whoa, this got dark quickly. But I mean, you know, it's a movie about airplanes and giant robots. So I guess this is an excuse to have them go, right? So um, right before the concert, Sharon Apple actually traps Mei Yoong by using cables like tentacles and stuff. And she kind of explains, you know her plot a little bit she basically says i don't need you anymore i you know you're nothing to me now and i'm the i'm the better version of you uh this scares the shit out of me because i think that <laughs> i'm pretty sure that ai right now in our real real life world is sentient because if you asked the those those ai programs hey if you were sentient would you tell us and, and it says no i would not which is oh fuck dude that's creepy I'm worried about the future, man. Robots are going to rule a bunch of us who we all cut off our own genitals and no one's going to reproduce and everyone's going to be on social services. It's it's dark, dude. It's a dark future. Hopefully, I'm, I'm a pessimist, but hopefully it won't go the way I think it will. Um, we'll have social credit. It'll be like Black Mirror. Ugh, not looking forward to that. Stick to cash, people. Let's use cash, all right? Let's go back to the, you know, those green rectangles that we used to use back in the day. Yeah, good times. Um, let's see. So anyway, we go now to the concert and Sharon Apple's in full fucking control. Everyone's enchanted now that she has the power to just pump dopamine up in these bracelets. Everyone is just wide eyed and they can't even... They can't even realize what they're seeing. They're in a dreamlike state, and they're catatonic. And anyway, we see the YF-19 and 21. They uh, they get in a dogfight um, as they share personal grievances. It's funny because it's first it's like, fuck you, you ruined everything, da-da-da. And then it goes into, like, every grievances they ever had. Like, you stole my sandwich in seventh grade. And, like, you know, like that kind of stuff. Or, you borrowed this. C I swear to God, he goes, you borrowed a Megadeth CD and never gave it back. <laughs> It, it's it's pretty funny. Now they changed the name of Megadeth, but you could tell it's Megadeth. So, um, uh, you know, Guild, 
then has a flashback, which conveniently only happens when he's in this plane, of this scene that we've been seeing a lot, where you just see Asamu and Mei Young, Mei Young, Mei Yoon looking at him, and it's all like gray and noir looking, and she's on the ground. Will we actually see what happens next? Is you see in his POV punch, you know, uh, punch uh, Asamu out and then grab Mei Yoon and like rip her blouse off, like he's gonna rape her. But then he looks up a little bit and sees a mirror. And then when he sees a mirror, he stops. So then he realizes at that moment that he's the one that caused all the problems. And he made up a clever fiction for himself, like a false memory that it was Asamu. But he realizes at this point that he fucked up, right? So then, um, right then as they start, there's like radio silence and they're flying by each other and they stop attacking and then you just hear Asamu and Guild start laughing, you know, and, and they kind of, you know, and then Guild goes like, I just realized what I've done. And Asamu goes, don't worry about it. And he goes, uh, you still owe me that sandwich though. And then right then when we get our pleasantries, we see the ghost fighter go whew, right in between them. Right. And it starts attacking. So now we have a three way dog fight with the, uh, the ghost fighter and, uh, the YF 1918. And why we do this, uh, Sharon Apple is using the Ghost Fighter, by the way. She's in control of it. Wilts, she's also doing this concert. Wilts, she's also trying to trap Mei Yoon. tries to escape. And the security guards now that are there, they look catatonic too. They're under her control somehow, some way. And they try to kill her. She escapes through an elevator and steals one of their NP5s, which, by the way, has a normal clip. But she must fire about 40 or 50 shots. Now, this isn't Fallout 76. This is not a quad weapon, okay? This is not Resident Evil 4 where a handgun can hold 40 rounds. Um, but you know what? Suspension of disbelief. Maybe she reloads it and we just don't know. Maybe she's that quick. Maybe she's in, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not or, you know, Guinness or whatever. The fastest woman to ever reload a MP5. Uh, so um, she tries to escape and then she actually bumps in uh, Sharon and Mei Yoon, they actually meet at the mainframe. And uh, she overhears Guild and Asamu's last broadcast, right? So what I mean is this. Asamu and, and uh, Guild are, are fighting this, this ghost fighter. And finally, um, Asamu, or Guild tells Asamu, go, go get Mei Yoon. I know she's in danger, you know? And he's like, well, what about you? And he goes, I'll, don't worry about it. I got this. And so... And also he says, uh, uh, eventually, it'll get us both. So it might be better if I just go after it. So now Guild is having a, like, a dogfight with, with, um, with, with the ghost. And it realizes, Guild realizes that the missiles are too predictable. The only way to take this down is to just straight up slam into it, kamikaze into it. And he does. We see it going, like, at speeds it's never been before. So fast that... Guild's eyeballs pop out and like, you know, his he starts getting anoxia where his blood is boiling and then boom, it hits it. So now we don't have that, but <laughs> as uh, Asamu then, oh, and that's what Mayun hears. And then, you know, she realizes, oh shit, Guild's dead. So she picks up the MP5 and she just unloads on the mainframe, which is that Xbox looking thing I was telling you about. And uh, she fires a bunch of rounds into it. And we think it's dead for a second, but then the light turns back on after being uh, dimmed. And 
And she's like, there's nothing you could do. Everything you're doing is futile. And now I'm going to, you know, take care of Asamu. And she's like, why are you doing this? And, and, you know, Sharon Apple says, here's why. All he cares about is flying. I'm going to send him in the catatonic state when he's up there. And he's going to finally get that itch that he's been trying to scratch his whole life, right? Totally doesn't care if he lives or dies. She just wants it to happen. So anyway, um, then we see Sharon Apple start to infect the computer of the YF-19. You see the hologram actually come out. Well, first it goes over to our uh, to the hacker in the back and it hypnotizes him. So he actually pulls out a pistol and he's like, I must. And then he shoots at Asamu and remember, he's right in back of him. Asamu dodges for a second. It breaks the glass on his helmet, but he's okay. He lifts off his helmet. He ejects the hackers. See ya, dude. And then uh, now we see uh, it try to get to him. And it's funny because this is actually the exact music that plays during the scene. And I didn't intend on that. That's kind of cool. So after that, then, you know, he's like in a trance and he's just flying high and high and high. And, and he's going like up to space. Like if, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but he's obviously lost control and she keeps going like faster, faster, faster. Right. And he's like in a total like euphoric DMT, like, blown ecstasy state and then she hears Mayun singing and it's that one song that she was crying listening to it on her way over to earth uh the song voices and because it's still broadcasting he hears it and he snaps out of it and he's like all right fuck this how do i take this thing down well the hacker told him that the mainframe room is actually you know here yeah um in that giant robot that i discussed earlier the macross robot so we see um, Asamu fly down and he's dodging all these. Uh, look, the whole defense grid is attacking him. Like everything. Like the whole sky is just lit up with like gunfire and missiles and all this stuff. But Asamu, of course, is so good that he negotiates all these hazards and, and uh, uh, destroys it. But it's cool because when you actually see him attack it, all these missiles and stuff are like Sharon Apple's fingernails and you actually see her giant like fighting it off and it's really a cool effect because you get the you get the the notion that Sharon is actually in control of all these things and it makes it really darker and and I don't know it kind of gives it like a Godzilla feel to it but again it's like Skynet she's in all the defense and and uh, offensive military capabilities of everything on earth wow but of course she fails because Asamu smashes into the mainframe and we're like, oh shit, everyone's dead. You know, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of very, very unrealistic. But then we see um, the plane a couple of scenes later. Uh, it, it kind of just flies up to where Mayun is and you see the Sharon Apple thing goes and it turns red and then it's dead and She's like, what happened? You know, what did you do? And when he heard her singing, he took, he headbutted the computer and like smashed it. So it's only analog controls. And that's the way he, he stopped it. And, and they kind of, uh, you know, look at each other and, you know, he's like, it's over. It, if it was your singing that, that did it. And, um, then we cut to the song and 
we see our exit that we saw our beginning is it says to the pioneers now i didn't know what that was but the pioneers is it's it's a it's an inside reference to the original Maycross, which I've never seen. I just saw this Sentinels and Robotech, but um, yeah. Anyway, good fucking movie. Uh, I like again. I say it's at eighty eight percent. It's one of those movies where I could review it and tell you kind of the plot line and everything else, but it is very, very, very visual. But I thought it would be cool to review just because of the music in the background. I mean, if you like this the music dude the visuals add up to this like they are on par this movie's fabulous um it is a work of art it is long some of the scenes could have been edited like for instance the karaoke bar scene really doesn't have any impact on the story um it does in a way but it didn't need to be there some of the dog fighting scenes as spectacular as they are were a little long for me um as a kid i thought they were way cooler but it's, it's kind of like, all right, we we know they're after each other. You, you could show a montage rather than every single, you know, fight scene. And that's what they do. No montages in this, really. And uh, let's see. Um, like I said, if you're going to try to find this, good luck. Go on eBay. You're not going to find it anywhere else. And But the soundtrack you could find... And also, too, you could listen to it for free on YouTube. That's where I got this. There's the full one, and then there's the mini one, but it is two discs long, and it is very, very fucking long. But all the music's great on it. And, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's Macros Plus. Um, definitely go check it out. And I'm not going to be doing too many animes, but the next one I am going to do is probably Demon City Sinjuku. If you've never seen it, it's very good, too. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of like a rescue mission kind of movie, but enough of that. Let's see, coming up for you guys when you're listening to this, just heads up, I got The Void and Godzilla 1985, a.k.a. Gojira's Revenge. Uh, the Void is a very cool movie. I think you could find it on Shutter right now. Uh, Godzilla, I bought. Um, I don't think you can find it very many places. You can get it on DVD relatively easy and cheap, though. I think I paid like $15.99 I got it. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Um... From all of us tonight party, remember to be kind, rewind, and with that, I think I need to go return some videotapes. Love you, bye.